since the early 1980s, hard-hitting bands such as Petra, Striper, White Cross, and Bloodgood would forever change the boundaries of Christian music. The Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast brings commentary, analysis, and guest speakers from today's and yesterday's top artists and bands. Now, Podbean.com brings you The Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast with your host, Sean Fagan. He's the rock. Hey guys, welcome to another Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast. This is Sean Fagan. I'm your host here at the podcast, and I am really excited that you're here with us today. A lot of things going on I'm really excited about, and I want to share those things with you. 
Before we do that, I just want to let you know that, uh, uh, as I've said in the past here in the last couple months, I've got a lot going on uh, with family, uh, a lot going on here personally uh, with some issues that I could definitely use some prayer and support with. So I just want to throw that out there uh, first and foremost. It's been a few weeks since I've done a podcast uh, just trying to finish up everything that I have going on here, and it's uh, been a little difficult to find time to get this podcast going the way I want to. Again, I test for my RN on the 27th of this month, which hopefully will put an end to the endless studying process that I seem to be stuck in. And hopefully, after that, everything will be a green light and I can continue to record these podcasts more often. The podcast that I have today, I have sat on for a few weeks for a specific reason. I am extremely excited about this podcast, one of my favorite podcasts to date. It is with Mr. John Schlitt from Petra and the Union of Sinners and Saints, among many other things that he's doing. And I am really excited to be able to bring this podcast to you. Before I talk about the podcast, though, what I would like to do is bring to your attention some really cool things going on. I know on the 29th of this month, for any of you listening in the Indianapolis area, there is going to be a concert that takes place called Rocktoberfest. Uh, headliner for this concert is going to be Striper. Also going to have White Cross, Petra. And there's two or three other bands that are going to be there in this lineup. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a cool time. So if you're out in that area and you get a chance to check it out, check it out. I also saw for any of you out there that are for King and Country fans, uh, their new movie is coming out this weekend. It actually starts the day after I record this in the movie theaters. I did see where in select theaters, the guys are going around and playing some songs before the show. And uh, you can go to their website or Facebook page and check that out and see if they're going to be coming to your area for that. So, be on the lookout for that movie. You get a chance to go see it. Looks like it's going to be really good, and I'm super excited about it. My friend Leif Scartland actually did the music video cuts and editing for the music video uh, that they have out for the movie. So if you get a chance to check that music video out, it would be awesome if you could do that too. So uh, Striper is going to be out and about. They have their... 30th anniversary of the To Hell with the Devil tour going on right now. Guys are going back out in their original outfits and doing the whole To Hell with the Devil album from beginning to end. Uh, you can check out some of the videos of the tours or the uh, the shows that they've done here recently and uh, get a feel for what it's going to be like. Sounds like it's going to be really cool. Looks really cool. The guys, after they do the album from beginning to end... They are going to come back out and they do several other songs uh, for any of you that are going to be there at their concert. Uh, And they also have, I saw in in uh, another interview that Michael did, it looks like they're putting up a text option during the show where you get to choose as an audience 
one or two of the songs that they do when they come back out after the uh, initial To Hell With The Devil album. So get a chance. Go to their website. See if they're going to be in your area. Go and support the guys. I'm sure that they'll appreciate it, and I'm sure you're going to have a good time listening to them. Back to my interview with Mr. John Schlitt. Uh, For those of you that are hardcore Petra fans, you know who I'm talking about here. This guy came in back in the um, This Means War era and uh, uh, rocked Petra from early days up until current times. So uh, he's he's a really good guy to talk to. You're going to hear him talk about some of his current projects. Uh, one of the biggest ones he's involved in right now is the Union of Sinners and Saints, which has Billy Smiley, Johnny Knox, just to name a few in the band. Uh, they got together and kind of formed a band that is a mix of Petra and Whiteheart and with their own songs uh, that they've created, along with some of Petra's songs and some of Whiteheart's songs. Uh, their album is out. You can find that on iTunes or just about anywhere that you can buy music. You just got to look for it, and hopefully they have it in there. If not, request it. John's uh, got several things going on with him. Uh, not only does he still do shows with Petra, as I mentioned earlier, he's also doing some solo shows, and he's also doing uh, shows with John Elfonte, and they go together and, and share both their secular music as well as their Christian music and how they got from where they were to where they are. So that's really exciting stuff there, too. And um, if you get a chance to check out some of their videos, you'll hear us talk about this in in the interview their videos are hilarious, man. They they really have a good time with what they're doing. Uh, John has a new book out this year. You can find that on the John Schlitt Ministries website. Yeah, go there and uh, check out his book. Uh, you'll hear him talk about the book, so I don't want to give too much of that away. It's getting close to Christmas time. If you have not heard or don't know of John Schlitt's Christmas album that he did in 2013, go check that out puts a whole new spin on Christmas music, and um, hopefully, if you get a chance to check that out, you'll purchase the whole album, support John and and, and the ministry that John has. I would greatly appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get started with our interview with Mr. John Schlitt. The Rock That Makes Me Roll Podcast.
Today I have the honor of having four-time Grammy Award and ten-time Dove Award winner, one of the pioneers of Christian rock, and one of my longtime favorite vocalists in the rock world, singer-songwriter, and an all-around great guy, Mr. John Schlitt. How you doing, sir? Hi, Sean. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Man, you got a lot going on with you. You're still doing select shows with Petra, solo albums mm-hmm. and shows. Uh, you got the mm-hmm. two guys from Petra. You've got the group with John Elfonte and Jay uh, Seculo. Uh, your ministry and book. Man, you're staying busy, my friend. Well, you know, it's it's important to do so. I, I believe that uh, as long as I'm healthy, as long as I still have a voice, uh, there is no such thing as retirement in the Word. And there's a lot, you know, there, the field is ripe and uh, the harvesters are few. And uh, if I'm if I'm to be a harvester, I better try to, to do as much as I possibly can. So uh, when we have all these opportunities, also if something else comes my way, I hope that uh, uh, God will open that door also. But uh, as you mentioned, I mean, my gosh, uh, all the, uh, the John and John, you know, John Alphonse and myself, that's amazing. That gives us a little bit of history from from the secular days on through uh how god changed our lives and and actually used music to do it you know in our case that's why it's that's why our our music has always been so important to us um and then we have as you mentioned jay seculo that's an amazing adventure uh where we do a lot of videos uh, of actually uh, uh old classics uh, from the secular side of things but uh Still, they they have messages that can that can relate to our our Christian walk, or just sometimes they're just good songs that we love doing, and it's just a it's a lot of fun. Uh, I have the Union of Sinners and Saints, where it's uh, uh, three guys from Whiteheart, uh, Billy Smiley, uh, John the bass uh, the drummer, and and uh, Anthony the, the, the bass player. Uh, just and then myself, uh, sort of representing Petra plus a couple of amazing new artists that uh, uh, become part of that band. It's, it's made it for a very exciting time, a great record. Uh, and, uh, oh my gosh, what else? My, my ministry, my John Schlitt ministry is just getting started, and uh, I'm trying to figure out how uh, I can venture into that and, and be a help to others, uh, if, if not 
you know, individuals, maybe other ministries that uh, we can join with and, and start making a difference in, in uh, you know, in the, those locations. So, yeah, I guess you'd say uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy right now, but uh, you know what? I, I'm never busy enough. I, I want to make sure that uh, uh, my time is maxed out and, uh, and as much gets done as possible. That's great. And you had mentioned to me one other time about uh, you may possibly have a um, some kind of radio project going on at some point, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the works. Uh, it, actually, it would be it would be an offshoot of the ministry, Joshua Ministries, and it would be a, a, a possible radio show that uh, we're, we're actually working on as we speak, uh, involving a lot of the classic uh, rockers from. From uh, you know Christian music, the the icons of, of Christian rock music that helped develop it, and why did they develop it, and how how did God uh, use them? You know, how did God uh, uh, present their lives before them, and open the, what doors did they open, and and what doors did they close? It's just a a real interesting uh, perspective on again. You know, I think everyone says, you know, well, how, how did you get started? Well, what, what you know, uh, how can I get started? This, this is how these, these icons got started and why they did it, how God dealt with them, how God led them. And it's a pretty interesting uh, uh, concept. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it because I've had a chance to talk to some of my heroes and some of the people that have influenced me, and it's just been, uh, been a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Let's talk about kind of where you got your start with your secular band and how you moved from your secular band into what you are today. Can we talk a little bit about that? Well, it's pretty. It's actually a, a little, almost simple. Uh, basically, after seven years of Head East, I went from being a small town kid who just wanted to play good music and have fun with the crowd to. Um, I'm, I'm afraid pretty stereotype of, of what people think of rockers, and that was uh, way too much coke, way too much booze, and uh, everything else that went with rock, and got to a point where I just was totally out of control. And it was more important how much cocaine I had than, than how many people were out in the audience. And uh, uh, the band actually fired me. I mean, you know, both, and it wasn't like those guys were saints either, but apparently I was just way off in left field and uh, pretty much uh, it needed to be gone for the for the band and so they fired me so in 1980 in march of 1980 i was uh you know i left head east and uh went on a binge for about six months with the excuse that i was starting my own band and really it was just an excuse to stay drunk or, or high and i mean 24 hours a day for six months and at the end of that I found myself woke, woke up on the couch in the living room with my two kids playing and realized that I had missed my anniversary supper because I'd passed out uh, too drunk. And my wife finally just let me sleep there. And my little boy looks at me like, wow, Dad, well, you look weird. And uh, all of a sudden, little voice goes, you know, you were more dead than alive. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? That makes sense. And the only reason I'm here today is that same six-month period that I went on a bench, my wife got saved. And she kept trying to tell me about Jesus. I wouldn't listen because I was just too cool for Jesus. And apparently the night before, before I passed out, I had promised her that I'd go and talk to her pastor. And 
I went with the attitude of, you know what, I'm going to end it. I know, I think I know how I'm going to do it. I think it's best for my family uh, in the long run. So I went to the pastor's house with the attitude of, I'm going there to let my wife see that I tried. But I walked in with an attitude, and I walked out with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And God had me from then on, and has still, and, it, and that hasn't changed a bit. I see how gracious he is. I see how amazing he is. I see that he has a plan for each one of us, despite us. And uh, I would like the whole world to know what I got to find out and what I what I discovered. And so it's been my life's adventure ever since, you know. And so for about five years after that, um, I got into the Word. I uh, got out of music totally. Didn't think I'd ever sing again. Um, became an engineer, uh, mining engineer for a mining construction company for about, you know, uh, uh, for the major part of those five years. And uh, one day, uh, out of the blue, by this time I'm a big, big Petra fan. Uh, out of the blue, Bob Hartman called me and says, John, would you consider singing Petra? And I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody was, uh, you know, making a big joke because they knew what a big fan I was of Petrus. And I said, this isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Who is this? And he says, <laughs> no, this is Bob Hartman. I, I said, right. And then I realized it was Bob Hartman. So it was quite, it was quite a thrill. And uh, when, he, when I, I, I basically said, oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, I'll do it. And he goes, well, don't you think you should pray about it? I go, oh, yeah, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things where, uh, and, but you know what, I knew, I knew for a fact that it was supposed to be, but uh, we did pray about it, my wife and I, and uh, actually, six months later, I was in uh, on Brisbane, Australia, singing in front of about 6,000 people for the first time sober in uh, seven years, uh, on stage, you know, I, actually, no, I take it back, I, it's the first time I sang sober on stage in five years because uh, I hadn't been, you know, I, I hadn't been sober straight on stage with, with, uh, with, uh, head East for at least two years of the last, of the last, of those seven years that I was with them. So it was very scary. And, and uh, it took me a while to get back into the, into the uh, flow of it, but the, the guys were very patient. And as time went on, uh, I found my, uh, you know my my singing wings again, and uh, we hit we hit the ground running, and uh, it lasted for twenty years, and it was amazing. And I just uh, and those twenty years were the quickest twenty years of my life, of course. Well, I can tell you that I followed you for almost every year that you <laughs> that you might. You're <laughs> by far my brother's favorite favorite band ever. That's all he talks about. We got to actually meet you and Bob. Uh, on the farewell tour and had some pictures done with you and uh so it's very it was just a very good time for me and my brother to hang with you guys so your your ministry means a lot to us so um so what are some ups and downs what are like what's your favorite memory of of being with petra oh there's a lot you know the, the the uh from the nonsense we'd had in in the in the bus you know from just sort of hanging out and watching movies together and just, uh, you know, just shooting the ball and just being part of a family like that. And, uh, to uh, um, a show we did with Josh McDowell in California, and there was a place, uh, I can't even tell you what, 
it's somewhere in Southern California, but the the venue had very wide aisles. I just remember uh, before the show started, I said, "Man, these this is." You know, the aisles were like three times wider than normal, you know, and I'm thinking, well, that's cool. I, you know, I guess it, it makes for very convenient, uh, you know, maneuvering. But that night, Josh gave the altar call and every aisle, all the bleachers, all, every aisle was packed full with people coming forward. And I remember Josh turning around and looking at us and goes and, and mouthing, oh, my gosh, you know, and we were sort of. Wow, you know, and that just has always stuck with me. That and once again, it was one of those things where it just reminded me exactly what we were about, why we why we were able to do what we were able to do. Because God, you know, God was in it totally. It certainly wasn't our skill or our you know our our goodwill or whatever. God had a plan for us, and He opened those doors that were supposed to be open at the time they, that they were, and it was a. Uh, it was truly an amazing time, and and that that vision has always stuck with me as that is why Petra was Petra, right? And still, and and still is. That's why Petra is Petra. And that's mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully, I, I'm hoping that as time goes on, I can look back and say that's what John that that was my vision to the same kind of thing, you know, to to make a difference for Christ, whatever way He wants to open the door for me to do. Sure. So, any chance of any new Petra music coming out, whether it's just a song or two? You guys talk about it at all? Well, we had one a new original come out. It was a praise and worship song that was on the last best of that uh, that uh, word put out, and nobody could have cared less about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, in- the industry could have cared less. So, uh, unless you have that kind of support and, and radio sure. support, uh, it, it's almost just a waste of time. It's sort of self-gratification. Uh, we had our time. We still do. I mean, there's places uh, all over the world where we get to play, and, and uh, we play in front of uh, very large audience, uh, audiences. Not that the numbers make that much difference, but it's just a lot of fun. It makes for an event. Sure. And, and, rock, and rock, Christian or secular, works so much better when it's an event. Right. Because, and so when you have numbers, even a small place that's packed, you know, is still an event. Right. But when you have a large place and it's packed, it's even a bigger event. And, and it helps, it helps uh, carry, you know, it, it's in the name of Christ, it's an adventure that kids will remember. And when I say kids, for me, any, that could be any age. Right. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a fun time to be able to do that it's an it's a useful time it's a it's one of those things where you say ah good plan god i like what i like how this works right so uh uh, are we going to write any more uh i don't know i have like i said it's hard to tell when the last adventure you did was pretty much ignored right that's true that's true so with that being said let's talk about your your current project with the union of sinners and saints uh pretty exciting uh-huh. time uh really love that album and uh thank you just tell me a little bit about um the album and how you guys got together about the lineup and the writing process you know just kind of fill me in a little mm-hmm. bit on that if you don't mind well billy billy smiley uh who was uh, one of the founders of whiteheart is a go-getter he really is always has been i think he always will be and we we had bumped into each other at a at a conference um 
several years ago. And I think, I guess a year ago, I, I keep saying several, but it's, I guess it's just been only a year. And um, he says, John, you know, we need to get together right. And, but you got to understand, that's sort of, in Nashville, that's sort of like saying, hello, how are you doing? Right, right, right. And so, <laughs> so I sort of took it as that, and I go, okay, yeah, that'd be great, buddy. So I gave my number, figured I'd never hear from him again. Uh, very shortly after they calls me up, says, John, uh, i got a studio here. I'm really, uh, i got some time. How about coming over? And I I said, all right, go ahead. Yeah, you're serious. Okay. I'll, I'll. So we came over, and that day we uh, actually uh, got some ideas together and ended up writing basically the first song that we wrote for the record. And uh, then we set set a time to come back and do it again, and we did, and it worked. And, uh, you know, it just was It was like, wow, this is weird. I, I guess I can write with somebody else, you know, because I've always had a very short leash on who I wrote with. Mm-hmm. Billy came in and became one of those writers that I do, and, and it worked out really well, and he knows everybody. So it was like, um, you know, I want, I'm want i going to call so-and-so. Oh, you can't call him. Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, I'm going to call so-and-so. No, no, do that. And wouldn't stop at all, and everybody was like, yeah, I'd love to be part of that. I'm going, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> so it became a who's who, you know, on the record. I mean, we've got people that are are well known all over the world and they were just really gracious to to join with us and and uh you know not only just not only play but uh, to write with us also so it was a yeah, that's why the record is so good it's uh, it's just just a lot of collaboration collaboration from a lot of great artists so it was just a lot of fun that's awesome. It's it's definitely a good one to listen to. So I've been kind of trying to promote it on some of my other podcasts. So really Thank like you, it. Buddy. Yeah. Thank you. It it again. It is a it's a unique piece of of seventies with the uh, you know with the two thousand sixteen sound. I right. Think. And and I'm totally cool with that. I mean, I love that. I love that uh, those that song design. You know the uh, the seventies foundation. Uh, I've always thought that was a, a very strong and a powerful uh, music structure. And then to be able to come in and, and use everybody that, you know, everybody on that record uh, uh, either were, was, were part of the 70s and 80s or absolutely are big fans of 70s and 80s. So it made it, it, made it for a real sound, which was very adventurous. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to go ahead and play a song off of the album from the Union of Sinners and Saints uh, with your vocals on there, John. The song's called Old Guy's Rule, and I think it shows exactly what you've been talking about. Put the needle down and feel the groove The sound is something and it makes you move You had a message that was coming through Check it out It was all about the human race And being part of what was taking place Making choices that we had to face That is now Old guys rule We different but it's all the same end up playing all these stupid games now you only have yourself to blame who's a fool 
project that you're working on now too uh is the one that i that we talked about earlier with uh john alfonte and uh, mm-hmm. jay jay seculo and uh yeah. uh i've seen some i've seen i follow your videos and i have to say my all-time favorite that i have chuckled at and i chuckle at every time i watch it is when you were impersonating elvis i'm just saying that's the funniest <laughs> thing ever so <laughs> you know what I, I've, I've had we've had more comments about that I, it's so <laughs> I love, you know what was that it was the the three dog night song and you know <laughs> that, that sound that that voice quality is just so elvis that i figured oh god just carried a little further and it has been it has been well received <laughs> yeah it's some funny stuff man so thank you buddy tell me a little bit about tell me just a little bit about what you're doing with them well jay seculo is a hero of mine he is a he is a lawyer who who heads who is a founder of aclj which is really the conservative conservative equivalent of aclu and he has he his lawyer firm is all over the world, and they they basically are um, they support or, or defend uh, the the Christ Christ centered conservatives uh, anything to do with uh, uh, prayer uh, this kind of thing and, and leaning on the conservative side of of, uh, of the uh, picture. And it just so happens that I'm very much that myself. I really believe I love my country and I love I love Christ. So it's the combination is I guess labels me very conservative. So I found out that he was a big fan of Head East, 
and 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 Petra, but more head east. And and so I, I said, well, Jay, I I'm a big fan of yours. He goes, oh man, we need to get together. So I ended up on his radio show, his TV show, and I thought that was about the end of it. And uh, but he called me and says, John, you know, we got this band that we we just jam and. Uh, well, every once in a while, I just wonder. We need a singer, and I said, "Jay, I'm I'm not really a jammer. I I really <laughs> I, I don't do that kind of stuff." He said, "Oh no, you have fun. Just come on." I said, "All right, buddy, that's, that's cool." So we went over there, and we started jamming, and that lasted for uh, oh about six months. And then one New Year's Eve, I, I guess two two or I guess maybe two years ago, um, we had a we had a New Year's jam session. And everybody invited people over, and I invited, I invited some of my people, and Jay invited, and we ended up with this who's who of ridiculous musicians, and Jay got a taste of of, of a artists, and he and he just said he, right after he says we got to make a band, and I, I said oh, oh I thought we had it no he says a real band. Okay. <laughs> and so it just, it happened. I mean, just the, the, uh, the guy, it wasn't like we went out and hired him or anything. It just happened that, that it, all, all of us are Christians. All of us have that, that same philosophy that Jay has. And we started, it started as something to help him relax, but I don't know if Jay knows how to relax. So <laughs> he, so he's in there just, he just, just, pushing it. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, so, we have a lot of fun with that. A whole lot of fun, actually. That's a cool one. If nobody's seen that that's listening to this, you should go on to YouTube and check out John Schlitt. And uh, you could, the way that I found it is to look up John Schlitt and John Elfonte, and it'll pop up with uh-huh. those videos. So, it, really good oh, stuff. Yeah. So, well, thank you, buddy. Yeah, sure. So, um, you have five solo albums to your name right now. The last two recent ones were the Christmas Project and the Greater Cause. Again, some mm-hmm. some of my favorite stuff. I, I'm I'm I love the rock sounding Christmas albums. They're they're great, man. Thank you. So your Thank you. your voice is phenomenal on the Christmas Project. So um, that being said. Um, tell me a little bit about the Greater Cause album. I know that it that one was done in two thousand and. 12 and the christmas project was done in 2013 tell me a little bit about those and uh kind of where you're going with those has it been that long yeah that's what i said because it just seems like yesterday so oh it got well both those one similarity with both those were financed by uh um oh my gosh what was called uh kickstarter um, something like that kickstarter thank you Yeah. yeah by kickstarter which meant that i had about 400 people who believed in me before they ever heard a note that said we want to support this project i told them what the gold was what we what we would need as far as a minimum to finance a a real an a album without help from any labels and each time they came through with flying colors way past the budget and which meant that i could go in and and do a class a record uh, without any support from record uh, from a record company, and do it exactly the way I wanted to do it, the way my producer wanted to do it, and it was an amazing thing. That was what happened with uh, with both the the Greater Cause and uh, the Christmas CD called the Christmas Project. And I have been so proud of both of those. And this album we did before that, 
I actually found uh, financed it. That was called the Grafting, right? And it all and and it was it was an album that needed to be done too. All three of those CDs are very important to me. But like I said, the last two uh, are very probably the the, the Grafting was uh, unusual for me because it wasn't necessarily totally rock. It had more of a, a family introspection to it with a rock with a rock sensitivity. But but the greater cause was rock in your face, and uh, although there was a couple of songs on it that were very uh, very um, intimate, uh, and then the Christmas album, I, I wanted to do something that was aggressive, but respected the the Christmas spirit, the Christmas uh, spirit, uh, you know, uh, where it wasn't uh, you know jingle bell rock and this kind of stuff. Right. I wanted it to be I wanted it to be a classic songs. Uh, but with but with uh, an aggressive attitude, and, and you uh, nailed it, sir. You nailed it right you. on right on the money. So, well, I, I'm real proud of it. I think it's one of those records that I think will be around for a long time. And for anyone that is anxious for is anxious to uh, uh, you know enjoy uh, an aggressive Christmas album, that's it. That's the one they want. That's right. All right. So you spoke a little bit earlier about your book. Why? Can you tell us a little bit more about what that's about? Yes, uh, it's very simple. Uh, you know, it it's a part of my uh, John Schlitt Ministries uh, project. I, my I have a, a ministry, and my team with my ministry team basically said, John, you know what? You need to explain what this is all about you know why did you even start this but then we got more into it and it, we realized that no i need to explain what motivates me what you know after after this many years a lot of people why are you still doing this well i'm still doing it because it's how god designed me and the why book basically says i discovered why i am doing what i'm doing and all of us have that why in us uh, and the reason that it's called the Y book is because in the intro, I had a friend who was, you know, talking to me. It, it explains it in the book that basically said, John, you know, why are you still doing this? You could, you could retire. You could go, you know, work in your, in your wood shop. You could just sort of hang. I said, no, no. And he said, and he kept saying, well, why? Why and and that's how it, that's why it was called the Why Book because it was basically answering the question Why do I do what I do Why am I involved with all these different projects Why and, and it's a like I said it's a pamphlet it's, it's only uh, oh my gosh forty pages uh, with but it also involves a lot of pictures uh, with uh, uh, almost like an uh, it's the 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 page cover you know it's the that uh, uh, cover design has uh, a catalog of pictures that, uh, that covers my my history, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's just it's a good it's a good representation of how God's allowed me and how He's designed me and and why I'm and exactly why am I doing what I'm doing. Right. So it, it's a uh, it was an interesting project. I mean, again, it was uh, totally financed by the ministry. And uh, any sales of that does go to the ministry, and it's just uh, I'm proud of it. But I, I <laughs> just there's so many things, so many other things going on that I don't get a chance to talk about it that much. Right, right. 
Well, I got a couple more things for you. First thing is, uh, I've been told by one of your colleagues that you are a visionary when it comes to the music business. And I uh, just wanted to know if you could kind of tell me a little bit about what that means to you and where you think the music business and the culture we're in right now may be heading. Oh, boy. I think we're in a cycle. I think music is a cycle. It's cyclic. Uh, at this moment, Christian music, for instance, is absolutely in praise and worship. That's the only thing that sells. That's the only thing that uh, the, rate, the record companies will allow. Um, there's some amazing praise and worship. There's some other songs, but they all have that mellow, um, sort of popish feel. Mm-hmm. I think we're busy. I think we're busy encouraging the church, and I don't know if we we're quite as busy trying to reach out to the unsaved. Gotcha. And don't get me wrong; that the church needs encouragement also. I just, uh, but I think that's where the concentration is at this moment. Where when we first started, when I first started with Petra, it was more evangelistic, right? And uh, uh, and the encouragement part was just sort of an added uh, added bonus. Uh, but as we got into it more, and then we realized there's more Christians coming to our concert than than non non Christians, we realized that the encouragement is also important. So, but I think because of finances. That's where, you know, it, because the only, it seems like the only people who come to Christian concerts are Christians anymore. Uh, so they really, they really concentrate on, on encouragement through praise and worship and, and uh, uh, songs that edify, you know, that uh, edify the body rather than songs that uh, cause, you to th- cause you to uh, go forward and say, hey, this is why, may- if you don't know Christ, this is, this is you know, the reason... I, I discovered him, or he, he opened up my eyes. And I think uh, if there's a change coming, I think as time goes on, that music is going to, there's going to be more that come out and say, I need to write, I need to write songs that, that explain why I'm a Christian, explain the love of Christ, explain to folks that don't know. Right. And, and that's a cyclic thing, like I said. That's that's what what Christian music was back way back when, before we before we put out Petra Praise One and and the Praise and Worship uh, uh, explosion happened. Right, right. So, is there anything additional you would like to say to uh, the people listening right now that maybe we haven't talked about? I think uh, let's keep everything in focus. Christ is Lord. He has a plan for each one of us. He really does. And even as the world seems like it's falling apart by every newscast that you hear, um, it's He's in charge. He has a plan for each one of us from from you know from the 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 amount of hair on our heads to uh, every door that's supposed to open, every door that closes. So we have to have courage in Him. That has to be very important in your life. That you need to focus on that. And if there's anyone that's listening to me right now that has no idea who Christ is, find out. He's there waiting for you. He's got a plan for you. He's the God of the universe, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to see one more minute of your life wasted away. Because when you follow him, the perfect plan is created. He has a perfect plan, and you start listening and hearing it, and you will be victorious. 
All right, brother. Well, it's been great having you on with us, and uh, appreciate your time. And I uh, look forward to hopefully catching you out on the road somewhere. Me too. I want to be seen on the road also. I tell you what, <laughs> just sitting around it, working in my shop is no fun. But, <laughs> but like I said, if I'm not out every day, I'm I'm uh, I'm not content. Uh, but I have a beautiful family, and they need to uh, they need to see me once in a while too. So I hear you there. So praise God. It, it's it's God's plan. I love it. I just walk with it and, and see where He takes me. And listen, it was a pleasure. Thank you for your interest. You're and very thanks welcome. For letting folks uh, letting folks know what I'm doing. You're welcome. You take care, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. All right, All right thanks. All right, buddy. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.